Welcome to another episode of The Greatest Pod, where we discuss and debate what makes something great. I'm Ron Swallow. I'm Ed Greer. And I'm producer Bill. And today, we kind of have an offbeat episode. It is, um, we're, we're going to talk about our, our the things that we are thankful for. Our greatest thankful things? We should have talked about this off air. Greatest, <laughs> well, hey, greatest thanks. The, the things we're thankful for in pop culture, but then also, I think maybe we should, maybe we'll do a little greatest uh, I don't know Thanksgiving dishes or you know something something along those lines that, that oh might yeah be, it might be fun to just to to riff on a little bit yeah okay okay let's do that so all right uh skip to uh the part where we're not talking about food anymore if you're not interested in this and you want to just talk about Galactus <laughs> where, but this is us as human beings so if you like that here goes what are you guys uh fair? and we're going it's going to get cultural too so don't be pussies about it you fucking yeah, yeah. hey libtards and uh fucking whatever they call conservatives uh assholes <laughs> 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 like whoever, whatever all the words throw those yeah. to the side this is fucking thanksgiving it'll get it'll, it'll go across different lines but what what are you guys favorite dishes uh let's let's go sides first let's go sides first or do you yeah. want to go main because everybody eats turkey and shit but there's some alternative mains there out is there that people have i wanted to ask if you guys were turkey people in general because i feel like there's a growing backlash to thanksgiving turkey I, every year I see more and more think pieces and articles and tweets and whatever the hell else about okay. how Turkey is not good. And well, me personally, no, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no. Well now Ron, you're quick to jump in. I want to hear your opinion. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing. And, and I, again, I, we're, we're, we just, before we were doing this little cafe, we were talking about how we're going to try not to be negative, uh-huh. but it depends on how it's cooked. If you get well, yeah. a dry ass bird, of course you hate turkey. You know what? For years, I thought I hated apple pie, but you know why? It's because I only had my grandma's apple pie, and it tasted like shit. And I didn't uh-huh. know that she was bad at making apple pie. I just only had eaten her apple pie and never tried another one because it was so bad. And I was so confused because I love apples and I love cinnamon and I love cakey stuff. Why wouldn't I love apple pie? But it was horrible. It turns out my grandma, bad at making apple pie. Boom, boom. There's the sound of the bus running over Ron's grandma. Yeah. <laughs> I've run and her she over got quite up. a few times. Dude, she got up Terminator style. Now she's chasing us. She's running this, after us. And she's this... going to make us eat her apple pie. Dude, she, she's, she's got two two apple pies impaled on her straight hands, <laughs> like how Robert Patrick was running in the second Terminator. She's running at us with these fucking pies. So my point oh. is, like, Rivers Langley, friend of the pod, uh, I ate turkey with him where he uh, deep fried the turkey. That thing was mm. fucking delicious. And I've also had other great just brined delicious turkeys where they put them in, like, a, a bucket of, like, lemons and oranges and uh, spices overnight so that when you cook it, it's got the flavor in there. So a delicious turkey cooked well is great. Yeah, I think that's the solution in general. And I, I feel like the people who talk about how turkey is dry or turkey is this or that, honestly, they're just cowards. They're just backing away <laughs> because they don't know how to make it properly. Yep. So I'm a I'm a big turkey fan. Ed? Um, I I <laughs> here it goes. I was I was an okay on turkey person, but I'm a breast meat person. So mm. the the high potentiality of motherfuckers fucking up the breast meat 
yep. had me be cool mm-hmm. on turkey for a while or had me want to put it with other meats and shit. Like I would end up with more ham on my plate than turkey, even though like yeah. ham quality varies so widely, it's ridiculous. But I would still trust the ham more often than the turkey in amounts on my, you know, my big fat plate that I would get all the time. Yeah, because a bad ham is just is like probably OK. Like ham is sort of just a kind of meat where if as long as it isn't like really fucked up. It's right. Pretty decent. Well, it's like it's like a pepperoni pizza. Like if you fucking up pepperoni pizza, you're a real piece of shit. You need to be arrested <laughs> if you fucking up pepperoni pizza. <laughs> By the food police. <laughs> so so basically but dig this okay ah fuck i don't even know if i should tell this but so i go to i go to fucking um i go to arizona with my girl and her uh brother a little background on him bronze star and i think purple heart in the military he was in like fallujah and iraq and and iran i think and and i think afghanistan a little, he's in a lot of places doing a lot of shit that was bronze star worthy this dude he's like he's in shape he's fucking cool he has a house he's raised like uh three boys who are all all american athletes who all get straight a's i mean this fucking guy (laughs) if it's like you're not jealous of him because you could never do that anyway so you (laughs) so you're just in awe you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And 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 he's also like due to the fact that he is so literally empirically awesome, he has like sports takes that and he's also been a youth football coach. So like he watches the linemen in the game. He's one of those. He's he like watches the linemen and the linebackers and, and he'll call the play before they line up type of motherfucker. I so he's that like. guy. He's super smart about football. He's super smart about so many things and he's just so hyper competent that yes, it can start to grade on you after a little while. You know what I mean? And there's no respite. He's just so relentlessly great at everything and rightfully, you know, uh, sort of arrogant about his opinions on everything that you're just like, fuck it. And so last year he made a fried turkey and he fucking, he d- timed it out to the second. He did this, he did that. He set up everything, he blah, blah, blah. And that fucking fried turkey came out of that fucking pot and we rested it for like 30 minutes and it, it might have been the prettiest thing I've ever seen. Like Adam Hughes ain't drawn a fine bitch that was as fine as this turkey when he pulled it out <laughs> this fucking vat. And it was just, it was so awesome and it tasted so good. And every section of it was as moist and good as if you're a dark meat fan, any of the best dark meat you ever had. The breast was as juicy and good as any dark meat you've ever had if you're a dark meat fan. And if you're a white meat fan, this shit is like, if you found out this was teenagers from a foreign land you wouldn't care after getting the t- taste of this shit all right so like so this year so this year they say he's gonna do a do it again but he's got a, a new hot way to do it and i'm like i'm slavering like a cartoon wolf over this fucking turkey i can't wait to eat this motherfucker so the day we go down there we're fucking around. We're doing adult libations. We're playing basketball. We're playing video games on the new Xbox. We're we're just all over the place. It's like this breakfast club with me and his two other Marine buddies. And we're just fucking having a great time. And they go to cook the turkey, and I'm doing this and doing that. About an hour later, he comes in Uh-oh. with this fucking... This motherfucker looked like it got hit by IED. This burnt <laughs> up, fucked up fried turkey. He had mistimed something, some aspect of it, and it was so ruined that I went through like this roller coaster of emotion, right? Because at first I'm like, 
Oh my fucking God, I don't get to eat that turkey. It's so burnt and fucked up. Oh my God. And everybody's like going over to him to say like, oh, it's okay. I'll eat it anyway. It looked good, blah, 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 different shit like that. And I'm over in the corner refusing to do that. I am not going to <laughs> fucking absolve you of this. I'm sorry. This is a crime. And I did the food police for the pepperoni thing earlier to come get this guy. I am so apoplectic. I'm outside of his house pretending to be on my phone, but really I'm just fuming in silence. Okay. So where your hand is on your, dude. on your head and your eyebrows are pushed down. Like I, cause I've dude. seen you do this fuming silently knowing that you shouldn't be as mad as you are at the thing that you're mad about, but you still are mad and you're fighting with yourself about it like in your head like i know i shouldn't be this mad but i'm this mad <laughs> fuck and i can't express it i can't express it because it's irrational nope. for me to express the same exactly yeah yep. yeah <laughs> Dude, you're, you got you got me pegged bro that's what me and my friend for years is like knowing shit like that so i'm just over in the corner and i'm trying to stay out of sight you know what i'm saying so like motherfuckers can't like read my vibes and shit i'm trying to be like i'm trying to look nonplussed like it's not a big deal but it's the exact opposite of course so anyway wrapping up I fucking come back in and, th and that's where I say the emotional roller coaster because that was way down or rather that was way up. But then just the thrill of watching him just be so like cowed. You know what I mean? He like wasn't looking people in the eye and shit. He was, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I was moment. just like, I was like drinking it like nectar. Like, oh, God, mm, mm. oh this Thanksgiving is so miracle. Dude, it's a Thanksgiving miracle. Dude, I just felt so great that like, yeah, you're not great at everything all the time. You're a human being like the rest of us, even though you're an awesome human being. And I just, that was my Thanksgiving experience. And and to wrap it all up, the breast meat was pretty much fine. That's the funny part. The fucking ah. thigh meat, all these fuckers lust over and the big turkey legs and all that bullshit. That was atomic bombed. And I happen to like stuff, so I ate some of that, too. I just kind of picked it off the carcass, but they left it to the detritus like it was trash. And I just ate yeah. a little bit of the turkey leg. I peel off that black skin. That shit looked like that motherfucker Donald Logan Blade. Like the, out <laughs> <laughs> the outside turkey legs look like Donald Logan Blade, right? And but like, but like, the, but the breast was still good and was juicy as fuck. Even over fried in the thing, the breast was still juicy. That's how much shit he had pumped into it. So like mm. in the end, his acumen still came through because the breast meat was still usable and we were eating on it a couple of days later. But like, yeah, the, it it that motherfucker looked like Dark Man when it first came. When it first came. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so. That's an absolutely epic story. I mean, it could have gone a lot worse, right? Like he could have had an explosion in the backyard or burnt yeah. his house down. So yeah. nah, just having yeah. enough to get that comeuppance is, is ideal. <laughs> Dude, uh, and really quickly, he was an IED specialist for real. Like he literally, when they found a fucking bomb or a suspicious shoe or whatever, he was the one who had to walk over to it and determine if it was a bomb. But if it was a bomb, do something about it. That's Damn. the nerves of steel this guy has. So cooking a turkey ain't shit to that motherfucker. I would fry a turkey a football field away from where I live. That's how little sure. confidence I have in myself. Yep. That is a much uh, that is a much higher roller coaster of emotions than I had on Thanksgiving because <laughs> I haven't told you guys this yet. I caught my fourth round of COVID. No oh, shit. <laughs> I, oh. I don't know what the hell. I got a booster back in, I think, September. Like, I am up to date. My immune system is just absolutely shot. I I flew into Chicago for uh, Thanksgiving with my family here. 
and was feeling a little bit stuffed up, but I'm like, ah, it's a cold or something. But then it didn't go away. And then third, well, Wednesday came. No, Thursday came. I tested myself on Thanksgiving. My mother was the one who was hosting Thanksgiving for the whole extended family. So, there, you know, there's 30 people coming over. And I started to get a little scratch in my throat in addition to the stuffed up sinuses. Like, and I'm like, Fuck. no fucking way. And oh, we man. had some COVID tests on hand and I took two COVID tests and got two immediate positives. <laughs> so oh, shit. I, uh, I ended up staying locked in a bedroom and my mom texted everybody in the family being like, Bill's going to quarantine, but just so you know, he has been here and he's got COVID and everybody was cool with it. And I, I don't believe anybody has gotten sick, but uh, man, just chilled in my bedroom and my mom just brought me plates of food from the table downstairs. Oh, that sucks, man. I'm sorry. You're like fucking Rapunzel of Thanksgiving or whatever the fuck. Because I mean, look, the whole point of Thanksgiving, the food is like a nice part of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the family. But it's yeah. the family and the friends and the, the stuff. So I'm sorry you got to miss out on that, Bill. That does suck. Honestly. Jesus. I mean, because, that's tragic. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's brutal. Um, and that, and it's like uh, the, the reason I say that is because like I went and had a friendsgiving with a bunch of these goofball nerds from Renfair and uh, Dungeon Master, this uh, goofy improv uh, show that where basically um, people show up in costumes as a character. Mm -hmm. There's a show that the that we've written, but it's sort of an uh, uh, a loose uh, form for each like four scenes where we yeah. take people from the audience on an adventure. And they have to do spells that rhyme um, and they have to like solve problems and go through each scene. And we take them through that and improv with them. And it's a lot of fun. And the people that are part of it are just like joyfully awesome human beings. And one of them is like a great chef. We're talking about sides. Like one of the things I like about Thanksgiving is it's one of the few times where I'm willing to try um, food that I would normally not try. <laughs> because hmm. because it's everybody's. A lot of times when you do a potluck Thanksgiving, you're getting everyone's best dishes or their laziest dishes, whatever it is. But usually huh. you're getting people's best dishes. And so, like, there was this artichoke, like, stuffing type thing that someone made that also had spinach in it. And normally I wouldn't touch artichokes um, if you gave me money for it. But it's Thanksgiving. I'm going to try it. And it was amazing it had this garlic to it but you could still have the stuffing it was like perfectly textured it was amazing and so that's one of the, my favorite things about thanksgiving is a lot of times i'll try something that i wouldn't have otherwise tried um although there is one thing that i don't do and I, look i know this is a very large contention um on the internet and on on in people's lives but i don't i don't eat your homemade cranberry sauce all right. I don't do it. Oh. I want it. I want it out of a can and I want it sliced up and I want it to still look like it came out of the can so that I can eat it in a perfect circle. That's what I want. I don't want your dried cranberries inside of there. I'll just ruining See, the delicious jelly texture. <laughs> I, I have never been into cranberries as their own thing, but I do yeah. like a cranberry in the stuffing, like oh. a, like oh, a no. dried cranberry in the stuffing. I'm okay in the stuffing. That's fine with me. That's like, that's adding a taste to it. I don't like it inside of cranberry sauce. Mm, yeah, I know. That's weird. I don't know, man. I think 
cranberries could suck a dick in hell. I, I as, as a concept, unless they're with, by the way, with, if they're with if they're with other juices from Ocean Spray, I guess I'm down with sure. cranberries because I yeah, love yeah. that entire cadre of juices. Cran but apple, cran yeah. peach, whatever. Yeah, they could cran anything, bro. <laughs> like, cran soy sauce would probably be good as fuck. Uh, uh-huh. No, it probably wouldn't. But still, you know what I mean. You could cran anything, but like. I don't like cranberry anything like every time I just I have stared dispassionately at cranberries for 30 some odd years at this point. <laughs> like I just I, I don't like them. I, I don't get it. Speaking to those cultural differences you were talking about before, our Thanksgiving being, you know, mostly an Italian Thanksgiving is always sort of half and half. So it's like Ooh. we've got all the traditional Thanksgiving foods, but then you've also got like tortellini lasagna eggplant parmesan things like that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but i will say we have never once in my entire almost 40 years of having thanksgiving had a cranberry dish on the table in my recollection oh it's just we never do it it's not dude if you have i i honestly think cranberries are a holdover from some weird time where people's taste buds were different and we just keep xeroxing this so-called tradition. I, I I don't understand it. It's like we're not eating hardtack. Yeah. Well, so why and, the fuck are we still eating cranberries in this well, form? And, I to, don't get and it. to be clear, I would not eat a cranberry. If you gave me, hey Ron, do you want this cranberry? <laughs> I'd be like, no, get the fuck out of here. But Did cranberry sauce? Absolutely. Dry cranberries. Yeah. Well, that's I'm because okay they, you like the cranberry sauce because it's 50% sugar, 50% yeah, yeah. cranberries. And you guys have all seen my stomach <laughs> and my Instagram pictures. That's, I clearly like the sugar. Oh, dude. Speak, speaking speaking, of, speaking which, of which. <laughs> dude, okay. The, I don't want to have the pumpkin versus sweet potato pie debate because, number one, it's not a debate. If you've mm. eaten them both to, by, side by side, Hey, you don't like root vegetables? I could totally understand that. You don't you don't like any of that bullshit? They both taste like shit to you? That's fine. I understand that so much. But if you put them side by side, I don't even see how it's cultural still at this point that pumpkin pie like exists. If we know how to make the same consistency of pie out of sweet potatoes with cinnamon and sugar in, and brown sugar in it, and we have why is pumpkin still in the game? Like pumpkin is Bob Cousy and sweet potatoes is as goddamn Michael Jordan. And I don't yeah. get why it's still a debate, even culturally. I mean, I don't well, get it. I personally like candied yams, basically, where it's you cut them into chunks and then you put butter, brown sugar, and mm-hmm. then the marshmallows on top and put that in the oven for a little bit. And then you get this delicious candied yams yeah. situation. It's kind of a deconstru- what- it's a deconstructed sweet potato pie. Though. Well, I was going to say, you know what kicks that up a notch is uh, – you add you add a little bit of apple in there. Ooh! Oh yeah, with that meld of flavors, that, that and that little juice from yeah, yeah from from apples. Oh, dude, it was so funny. Uh, my basically mom in law, if I keep on this fucking path, uh, was so happy. <laughs> you sound so positive about about about, about uh, fucking. She was so happy about this apple thing, and it was just some prefab garbage from the freezer section. But like, it had become a tradition in their family. And it had it was the type of shit that has like a it's in a black box, a black plastic box, like a lasagna from Stouffer's or something. And it's got a that sheen of shit that you got to slit over it when you put it in the oven or take it off in certain recipes, whatever. It was just frankly, it was garbage. It was, it was some <laughs> garbage. And literally 
nobody, not even her, ate any of it the entire weekend. I was there from like two days before Thanksgiving <laughs> to two days afterwards. Nobody touched it the entire time. And I was just thinking how useless this prefabricated dish is. How useless was this? So my sister, um, as I guess a, a gift from her boss or something, got a pumpkin bunt cake. So she brings it over, puts it on the dessert table. <laughs> to this day, not a single bite has been taken out of the pumpkin bump cake. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Dude, one of the one of the funniest statements in human history is, "Don't nobody want that shit." That's one, <laughs> that's one of the funniest statements in human history. Don't nobody want that shit. <laughs> yep. That's unbelievable. Funny. So, okay, what are your top? top three sides then greatest oh, three sides this is where it might get cultural because i i yeah. me personally stuffing dressing whatever you want to call it you can throw it into the sun for me i really don't care oh. now i have had some that is so fucking awesome and somehow they got the consistency to be this kind of bread puddingy or bready situation and, and there was the way they put the garlic and the celery and the this and the that whatever you put in it was fine and it was spiced good and it went good with the gravy and it was like I've had it a couple times where it was like that, but a lot of times it's just fucking either soggy bread. Culturally, the mac and cheeses that I've had for the last 10 years of having black Thanksgivings are trouncing a lot of that stuffing shit. Perfect. So I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm mac not going to put a slot and mac and cheese is mac and cheese is almost like pepperoni pizza, but not quite. Once you get into it, into it, you know, the difference between a John Wick gold coin and one of the motherfuckers you get out the token machine. You know what I mean? Like in the end, you start knowing the difference between mac and cheese. There's cheeses. a wide variety of mac and cheese. Look, cheeses. man, I, mm -hmm. I don't know yeah. if you've ever had uh, the Kraft white cheddar uh, mac and cheese, Ed, but it is delicious. Okay. It's just as good. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> Dude, oh my god! I low key thought you were serious for a minute. I was like, oh my god, Ron really did grow up in a trailer park bush. Oh my, oh my god. god! I mean, look in in a in a in a pinch, I'll eat some Kraft mac and cheese. Don't get me wrong; it's fine for what it is. You throw some salt and some garlic on there, and it's and it's fine. It's not good by any ninety nine cent ramen is right there next to that shit. Absolutely, and I will go there every time over Kraft mac and cheese, man. I can't I can't fuck with that, bro. Says that I, I can't fuck with it. I did grow but up yes. in, you know, but yeah. <laughs> Park Bush. I'm so mad. I'm so sad that I said that. I'm sorry, bro. No, it's pretty much perfect. It's rural accurate. <laughs> I probably have eaten mac and cheese in a bush next to a trailer park. It's all so. <laughs> I mean, it's it's perfectly fine. <laughs> okay, Bill. Bill. Uh, yeah. Lasagna is lasagna one of yours? <laughs> no, you know, I mean, look, you know what I like about Thanksgiving is you're eating stuff that you literally don't eat any other time of year. Yeah. So yeah. like the the sweet potato casserole, I think, is actually a, a great treat with the apples in it, with hella marshmallows on top. Like, I'm into that. And I'm one of those people that actually really digs stuffing because, again, you will never eat that 364 other days of the yeah. year. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, all that said, my favorite side dish is by far the most basic. I just fucking love mashed potatoes, man. Yep. Just some yeah, good, bro. creamy, buttery mashed potatoes. And I don't eat that a lot because I don't, I, you know, I don't go heavy on the carbs. So when I can just shove my face full of as much mashed potatoes as I want, that's a good day. 
That's yeah, awesome. I I think the one thing that might be controversial amongst my uh, my constituency, it might be that the best mac and cheese is so awesome, but the best mashed potatoes. Oh. Oh. I'm sorry, the best mashed potatoes are, are, are smacking the shit out of the best mac and cheese. In my personal opinion, which is like uh, it's a controversial in my community, but I love me some great mac, some great, 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 well made. Like uh, my girl makes, like she's got a potato ricer. She really gets Ooh. down. She really, yeah. you know what I'm saying? She's serious business about the shit. I mean, you got to know how to do it. It's one of those. I also appreciate mashed potatoes because it's one of those foods that like you can fuck it up. It's a very yes. simple dish, Yo. but you can fuck it up really badly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Put too much milk in that motherfucker and, and I got weird potato soup. I'm not okay with that. Uh -huh. Overwork those potatoes and they start yeah. to get clumpy or gummy. Don't put enough butter or enough salt in and now it's mm -hmm. kind of flavorless. Like mm -hmm. you you got to get it all right. And then you put the wrong temperature of butter in there and boy, it starts to clump up. It's a, it's a, it's a fine line. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Um, good mashed potatoes definitely is probably in my top top five for sure. Might be top yeah, I got three. Two, I, got, I got two carbs in mine. Yeah, two carbs in mine, and uh, probably a dessert dish because I count those as like you know what I'm gonna count. And this is probably super cultural. Some sort of greens is necessary at my my thing, and I don't mean like you know it's a raw kale and shit. I mean like greens. You got put some put some hog something in some <laughs> fucking. It's, it makes me feel like I'm not just being a piece of shit as far as what I'm eating. Uh, Even though it's got like hog floating in it and shit like sure. that. It's still, it's green stuff. And you can, you can feel the, the, even if they're baking most of the nutrients away or, or boiling or whatever, most of the nutrients away, you, you get a raw hit of real mineral nutrients when you eat some greens. So it just, it makes you feel like you're not a piece of shit. And it probably aids in getting all those carbs out of your asshole later. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to think because basically you've said all the things that I like. I'm trying to think of a of a of a vegetable that I really because like I I don't like green bean green beans casserole that much. Not enough to put Oof, it in no. the top. Like yeah, I, no. I'll eat it and be fine with it because I like mushrooms. I like stuffed mushrooms, but those aren't those are more like uh, appetizers before Thanksgiving. That mm. I, I I love some good stuffed mushrooms. But. You know what the white people equivalent of uh, what Ed was just talking about is? Is Brussels sprouts with like some pancetta or like some thick cut Ooh. bacon in it? Oh yeah, you I fuck what? with that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, you're right. Yeah, that's probably the that's probably the greenest I like to go on uh, on Thanksgiving because otherwise I'm in it. I'm in it for the fatty meats and the starch. But uh, yeah. if you if you if I'm forced <laughs> to put some vegetable on there, uh, I like a good kind of fried Brussels sprout. I think that's amazing. Yeah, fried yeah. Brussels sprout or like fucking straight up, um, um, you know, like broiled good. Not what is that shit? Yeah, roasted, broiled, and all that type of shit. Clee does that shit really good. Now, see, steamed. That's where you lose me because I think no. the steam shit, the process of cooking them via steam, is what makes them so funky and shitty and make kids all over the world since the fifties to now think they don't like them. But if yeah. you like roast those bitches, oh. you broil those bitches, you do some kind of cool shit with them. They don't emit that as much as that toxic odor and shit. They don't uh, whatever the fuck the chemical process is. But the bottom line is they stay better and they're good. And th you get the texture of the flour that you're eating instead of right. this mushy mm. mess. So yeah, it's what, like, yeah. However you're cooking them, you just got to make sure that you drench them in an oil of some kind. Yes. And then yes. cook them under high heat. Like that's yes. the way to do it. Yes. 
that's yeah. us on fucking Thanksgiving. We gave you our our main stuff that we like and sides. And I do think that of all the Thanksgivings cross culturally that I would be down with. Definitely, I have seen some crossovers between the Italian Thanksgiving and the Black Thanksgiving in regards to black people will fucking throw a lasagna up in that bitch Hell in yeah. a second. Hell yeah, do it because uh, it's like it's like you know what it's mac and cheese on fucking steroids. Right, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm gonna I mean, start doing that for my for our Thanksgivings. I'm gonna start making a fucking lasagna instead of my ballers, sweet dude. potato pie. Dude, that's it's what I was gonna ballers. say. I- I encourage everybody, like, it doesn't have to be Italian, but, like, pick some fucking weird ethnic foods and throw it on there with your turkey and your carrots and whatever else you're making. You got to do it. Dude, I mean, one thing I've dedicated myself to in the last few years, one of the things that Patrice died not being able to do is make his own Chinese food. Because he oh. was like, when I go to these restaurants, man, I got to deal with these motherfuckers being rude to me and this, that, and the other. Because he had this Chinese restaurant. There was a bunch of assholes. But they had the dopest food. He was like, if I could learn how to make this shit, you know, and he tried and tried, he couldn't do it. And he had to keep going back to this Chinese restaurant that treated him like an asshole. And I was, and I've, my Chinese restaurant is wonderful. They've always been great and hooked me up with the bomb of shit. But I did start having a similar thought of like, fuck, I'm spending so much money on Chinese takeout if I could make this shit. So I've dedicated myself to learning a couple of Americanized Chinese recipes and we got motherfucking hoisin sauce, chili flake, goddamn sesame mm. this, and chili oil, and uh, uh, all types of hot shit in here. And uh, I've been doing a good job. So I think one Thanksgiving, I want to debut my uh, uh, orange chicken a la Ed or General Tso's chicken a la Ed or Mongolian beef a la Ed and put it along with the rest of this bullshit. And Dude. I think people would fuck that shit up. I think they would really like it. You know, I think That's I what. want you to just make that for me, period. Dude, I'm just, I've been th- trying to throw down like you throw that little <laughs> you throw that that little bit of a uh, uh, you know uh, I love that, that bad Panda Express. I, 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 what if <laughs> Dude, I what if I tasted what it's supposed to taste like? You, you would know? dig it the most. I made some shit in the air fryer too, uh, Ooh, and that yes. was like that. It was it was the verisimilitude of, of the air fryer when you do it right. It's pretty fly. But I was just gonna say this: uh, do you guys have any like Klee had to make two and a half sides or two or three sides for the meal? And when I tell you. This bitch was like before Rocky had to fight Apollo Creed, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just like running and like the kids in the neighborhood were running behind her as she was like training (laughs) to make these dishes because it's serious business. That's the Super Bowl for everybody's girlfriend. And I'm sorry to be fucking sexist about it, but like that's the Super Bowl for everybody's girlfriend. That's what Thanksgiving is. They're, they've been assigned a couple dishes, and if they fuck them up, the old hens are going to cluck, cluck, cluck. And that's it is what it is. And she was in that milieu, and she came out with flying colors, and I was so proud. I didn't have to disown this bitch and ride home by myself because she done <laughs> fucked up this or fucked up that. you know. But no, seriously, I would obviously not do that, I hope. But I'm glad to know that I didn't have to find out because she <laughs> knocked them both out of the park, baby. But it is stressful. I've never had to experience that. I've even never cut the turkey in front of people. I think I would fuck that up. Like Thanksgiving is a little stressful is what I'm saying, just as a little aside. I, I mean, my my greatest story about that is um, the first Thanksgiving I spent with my ex-wife, um, we had been dating for almost a year and I had met her parents, but like her parents were coming into LA and she and her sister were hosting Thanksgiving. So I said I was going to bring a side dish. And because you know, I'm coming from the Italian Thanksgiving tradition. 
I said, mm-hmm. I'm going to make lobster ravioli from scratch. Damn. Which oh. I did. But I was up, my uh, my roommate at the time, who was one of my best friends, um, we were living in this house up in Woodland Hills. And it was like, he and he and his then wife were living on the top floor. And then me and another buddy were on the middle floor. It was one of these houses that like cascaded down the hill. It was a very interesting and awesome situation. But like him and his wife, the, the kitchen was on the top floor. It was this big open concept kitchen. And him and his wife were out doing something with friends the night before Thanksgiving. And he loves talking about he They got home at like 1230 in the morning. And I had Italian mu- music blaring and had a completely wrecked the entire kitchen, making the dough from scratch, boiling the lobster, making the filling, making the vodka sauce to go with it, all from scratch. Had it done the night before, was just loving life. And let me tell you, that, that shit, it was not stressful because like I know what I'm doing. But that went over so big. Once they got over the initial confusion of Italian food at Thanksgiving, it went over so huge at that Thanksgiving dinner. It was a mm-hmm. milestone for me. That's awesome. Yeah, baby. Destruction. <laughs> Have you made anything for Thanksgiving, Ron? I'm I make the candied yams, dude. Oh, fuck yeah. Every year I yep. make candied yams. I have like a tried and true, very simple recipe, but it's like delicious every time. So um other than that, no. Uh Ariel, uh, however, we have weird families, as you know. So like our Thanksgiving is always with some just buddies. So we just like this year I, I just bought Hawaiian rolls for her to bring. That's amazing. Oh, my God. Did you, like, repackage them in some parchment paper and be like, I baked these with my own two hands? Uh, No, (laughs) I just brought a bag. We didn't care. So good. The only thing thing I've been tasked to make, and I got to say, I wish I had been tasked to make it at this last Thanksgiving. Okay, I hope no one hears this. But there were some some cornbreads that were very good. Mm. They were Mm. They were good. But I make a very simple duh, fucking cornbread out of the box, that blue and white box, J- Jiminy Crack or whatever the fuck. Uh, I just take that shit. I pour it in the thing. And you put about, I think, a third of a cup of cream corn and a third of a cup of like sour cream or even some sort of yogurt or something. And you put it inside the batter for the fucking uh, uh, cornbread. And it's just so fluffy and moist and good. And if you put like a the tiniest bit of honey, a pinch, a, I'm talking about a pinch of sugar because it's already got its own little shit. A pinch of sugar, little honey, maybe both. Mix that shit up. Make make it get infused in the whole thing. It comes out so fluffy and moist and good. And the parts that are brown around the edges, those pieces are a, a double delight. And it's just fantastic cornbread. And it's just like it's it's a it's a very easy fix to the to the recipe. Just adding a little moisture to it is all you're doing. And doing it with corn infuses it with a corn thing, you know. It's just a smart way to do it. And I just I wish I had a bit tasked with making the cornbread this time. I just, I you just know wish what? I had. now I almost gotta throw cornbread on there because that's a that's for me, I'd only have cornbread at Thanksgiving. The times mm-hmm. I've had cornbread has always been Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And I fucking love it. So yeah. that might have to be on the list. That's another one of those things, though, that like you can do. It's simple, but you can do it badly. So you got to yeah. get a good one. Yeah, you could do it. You could do it in a pedestrian fashion that makes it just sort of this dry sub cake. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? But when it could be so much more. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
But okay, so um, in, in regards to the the pop culture aspect of the show, um, are there things that you're presently uh, thankful for? Because I that's what I was talking to earlier when we were off air about like being not negative or whatever. Because it just seems like we're kind of divided into like shills for giant multinational corporations or haters in our basement who who think everything's woke and horrible. And there's this wonderful middle ground that I've trodden my whole years on this earth. And I just don't know why more people can't like do that. I'd be thankful if more people did that, but I'm not going to cop out and say that, but I'm just saying like, what, what are some of the things that you just with no caveat are thankful that exist in pop culture now or exist ever? This could be some of our greatest greats. Cause sometimes we get to talking about all these shits and people find out you don't like Logan and they take a star away from your fucking show for no reason. <laughs> um, you know, awesome. th- there's all this different shit that happens when we're talking about these subjects. But I think we don't really have too many conversations about like, man, Star Wars changed my fucking life. The the, the Indiana Jones maybe want to be an archaeologist. We don't have too many of those things. So is there any piece of pop culture you're thankful for in that manner? What comes pops into my head right right away is I'm thankful for the growth of the understanding of writing. Hmm. So what I mean by that was like, I've been reading like a bevy of different comics on the app that will not be named, but that I actually am very thankful for. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because I get to read a ton of uh, variety of comics. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm I'm not criticizing some of the old school writing because it came from where it came from. And some of the stories are great but a lot of the dialogue is trash. Um, and, and I just love how, how much better uh, writing has become in not only comics, but just in literature, TV, and all of that in general, because there's just so much more depth to a lot of things. I've been reading the uh, newer King the Conqueror on, uh, the, on the app that shall not be named, Marvel Unlimited. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is... <laughs> you just named it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's fantastic. So... But it, um, Marvel Unlimited, I know you're listening. Uh, sponsor, sponsor our podcast. We will call your glories out every fucking day. If you um, sponsor us, it will be named early and often. So. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but um, I've been reading The King of the Conqueror, and it's such a great story. It's almost like this treatise on if you knew your future, could you change your future? But then it's also this this idea of the exploration of who you are as a person, what you would be like, what it might be like if you were a person with ambition born into a time with no need for ambition. All mm. these different concepts all into one well-written, fantastically drawn comic book. And while I know that some of the old school comic books were somewhat on that level, I think a lot of them just didn't – That just was they didn't have the shoulders to build upon. And they were mm. they built on different shoulders. And now the newer stuff that we're getting to see is built upon all those guys that came before, and it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So so that's what I'm, something I'm thankful for. Just that the fact that a, as human beings, we've evolved to tell amazing stories in pop culture that I don't think we would have been able to tell before from a bunch of different cultures, by the way. I mean, that's what's people like a lot of these people complain about wokeism or whatever, but like it's nice to see stories from different cultures that I don't completely understand and get a little bit of a picture of. And I love that. I love that we're, we're seeing more voices and other things like that so that we can constantly learn about each other. So 
that's that's one of the things I'm thankful for. I think we're almost gonna be where being media literate is cool. I think now we're where <laughs> being being critical is cool now. Yeah. But I think we're almost I think that's the stage we have to go through our toddler stage where we're like where you're kind of tottering around and you're walking, you're dragging your hand across the, the drawer to keep yourself steady before you start running around and terrorizing your mother. <laughs> like that that before you get truly ambulatory. I think that's where we are right now, where we're just we got we we read a couple books and then we start criticizing everything for not having a proper first act or whatever. But I think we're gonna start getting media literate and learn that like sometimes a Sri Lankan story has a 15 minute short act. It's first act instead of a 20 minute first act, because there's a different sort of story telling lattice work. You know what I'm saying? I think anime has really opened us up to like, sometimes man, you meet the main character at the last 30 seconds of the fucking episode. And he goes, Oh, and then it cuts to black. <laughs> sometimes that's just how it's going to go because these motherfuckers want to tell the story a different way. They didn't read a hero with a thousand faces. You know what I'm saying? They they did it different. So I I I think it's kind of interesting that we're kind of heading that way. And I love what you said about iterative storytelling, which we obviously got from Bill. Bill taught us iterative storytelling. <laughs> oh and, uh, come on, it's great. Now you recognizing the concept of iterative yeah. storytelling. How much better things can get if you just do it over and over and over again, and you and you refashion shit over and over again. The soldiers thing. Yeah. Well, let me seize on that. One of the things I'm I'm thankful for at the moment is uh andor yeah i made a mm. i made a crack to ed before you got on ron we were talking so he made he made a joke about what i looked like in my headsets and it looked like some sort of star wars character and i didn't know what he was talking about but my response was listen man if it's not an andor i don't give a shit about it anymore like that's where <laughs> star wars begins and ends for me and that's hyperbole but yeah andor is so fucking good it is so fucking sophisticated in its writing. It is so fucking experimental with the tropes and the genre that Star Wars usually plays in. It's just one of the most satisfying TV experiences I've had in a very, very long time, especially with an established property. I find yeah. normally the things I get really amped about are either the first season of an adaptation or a totally original thing on television. It's very hard to get me invested in the TV versions of big franchises and or just breaks the fucking mold. I had such a good time with that. And I think it speaks to the idea that like, if you really embrace, you know, a progressive sophistication in the way you tell the stories, in the way you expect your audience to understand the stories, mm -hmm. you know, not talking down, not making it for the lowest common denominator, you can really create some amazing stuff. And uh, mm -hmm. there's other things I'm thankful for, but that's the one that comes to mind immediately as we're doing the round circle here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, if you've not watched Andor, I'm telling you, man. I, so I haven't. Because you know what? I want more lightsaber battles. Who's force choking in it? Where are the Ewoks? I don't understand this. I'm a spy. I'm a shooter oh, senator he, in the back. Oh, this is stupid. I want to see force. I want to see the Death Star getting force choked by a giant Jedi made of a planet. That's my thing. That's what I love. Fuck a street yeah. level. It's when, did we, day. <laughs> when did we get into the Bizarroverse? What, what yeah, that? what's happening? <laughs> is this, yes, is this uh, what is it, Ned? Ned Freer, <laughs> yeah, dude, uh, yeah, Ned Ned Freers, Ned Freers, uh, Ned Freers. Uh, dude, yes, I I know that it's everything I want, which is why I've shied away from it. 
I think yeah. it's a theme in my life. I'm, I'm afraid of success. I'm afraid of having fun you with Andor. You don't think Andor. you deserve it. I don't think I deserve it. Dude, that is perfectly stated. Um, well, and but it's, yes, also, I, it's also like, I love that they're like, I love how long they took and the pace of the story. They They could, one of the things that everybody seems to want is like, make things happen immediately. And things yeah. do happen quickly in this, but it's building it's building a whole structure and really I just it's so well done. I even haven't seen the last episode yet and I'm just telling you I'm so Ooh. pumped up. I'm going to make Ariel I'm going to rewatch it because I want Ariel to watch it. She was kind of bored the first two and I'm and I was like, "Babe, you just got to be patient. This is going to get good." So well, one thing I, I want to say, if you, listener, have not watched Andor, don't be put off by us saying it takes its time. No. Because in the 12 episodes of Andor, I genuinely felt like you got enough con content for a trilogy of movies. Yep. Like, this mm. is not one of those things where they take a story and stretch it, a la a lot of Netflix series, etc. Mm -hmm. like, it's dense. Andor legitimately has three different giant climaxes that could be like the end of a movie within the course of its run. Yeah. Nice. Well, that you guys, you guys have definitely sold me. Cause I think I had taken my, uh, my, my uh, Lucasfilm coins and cashed them all in. And I think I was putting my hat on, headed out the door, but maybe I'll be like Abraham Simpson in, or in reverse, I guess, when he does that, that gif of him coming in the door and leaving or whatever. Maybe I'll do, yeah, maybe I'll do the opposite, you know? Maybe I'll come in and stay a while because uh, you guys have definitely sold me. My, um, I guess my pop culture thing, you know what's so bad about this? It's so facile and dumb, and it's probably because I, I wasn't thinking, I was just listening to you guys. Uh, I think I'm just happy that John Wick Four is going to come out. <laughs> like, oh, I, nothing wrong I've, with that. No. I've been really. I think I've been really kind of. I I don't have superhero fatigue because I could never get it. Superheroes are like rice; they're a staple, but you don't want to eat rice every fucking day. And yeah. obviously, John Wick is a superhero, but you know he just harkens back to those days of just like the guy who was a superhero because he willed it. So not because he got dunked in a vat of this or that, you know, he's, he hardened himself over time. The Conan fucking Johnny Utah, fucking John wick. The, these guys who are just tough guys who went and had a bunch of experiences. I know two of them were played by Keanu Reeves. I, I get that, but I think Johnny Utah is one of my heroes. Like Johnny Utah. Let me tell you something. Okay, here it goes. I'm thankful for point break, dude. I'm really <laughs> thankful for point break because I think it started what John Wick was going to be like this, this concept that you could take Keanu Reeves seriously as an action hero, I think starts with point break mm -hmm. and, and it grows and changes throughout the course of time. But like point break really, not only is it a fucking fantastic motion picture, but you get to see somebody, a cop, no less learn how to like be a soul surfer in order to get close to these guys and learn how to be like them to the point where he like loves them. And he feels like he's betraying them when he's trying to bust them. And he he meets the love of his life in there. And and also he has a knee injury because he used to be a big football guy. So like the knee injury comes in the, in the effect when he's trying to chase one of the guys. He's a human is what I'm saying. He's a human action hero. And I just like that. I, I like that. I want more of that in my in my fiction going forward. I want to see more people. I want to see more bloody noses, you know, not just on Captain America. I want regular guys to... You know what I'm saying? I want some accountant to beat up two guys who are trying to 
kill him in the last scene of a movie. You know what I mean? Just like, mm-hmm. and he, he uses a fucking one of those paper cutter things on one of them. You know what I'm saying? It's like, show me some people in danger. I'm, I'm thankful for seeing shit like that. So I think Andor being sort of bringing that level of action and, 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 um, thrill type shit or thriller or secret agent type shit to the star Wars universe is really heartening. You know, you care about these characters and you know, at least some of them can die. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, honestly it does. So yeah. And, and they do a great, they do the one thing that one of the things that was, I I know we're going back to Andor for a second, but I just want to say that one of the things that I think is weak in all of the star Wars movies is actually how evil the empire is. Because mm. blowing up planets, while it is obviously evil, it's a little less personal. You don't get to yeah. see the the the. You don't get to feel it in your bones how your life would be affected. Mm-hmm. You see a planet blow up; it's sort of like innocuous. I know that sounds crazy, but it is. Whereas in this one, you're really seeing how fucking evil and fascistic and banal at the same time the empire is, and how that just ruins regular people's lives and it's totally fascinating anyway oh, the other no, thing i'm thankful for by yeah. the way mm-hmm. uh it's just keanu reeves in general i'm just gonna say it keanu reeves in general. <laughs> when i think about all the movies that i've loved keanu reeves in it's a lot it's a lot of the replacements yeah. are you kidding me I fucking love the replacements. <laughs> speed. I even enjoy speed. One of Gene Hackman's last roles. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So thank yeah. you, Keanu Reeves, for being just a national treasure who, while <laughs> okay. you're sort of bland, the blandness works perfectly for everything you're doing. It's unbelievable. I kind of think I'm back. <laughs> just want to say that. He's just so easy to imprint on. Cause there's nothing there, right? It's crazy. You know what I mean? It's it just he's just there's nothing there. So he's just the perfect guy for you to just jump on and be. He's like an avatar in a video game. You're walking around, walking into walls before you get the c- controls down. Like he's he's Max Payne. He's John Wick. He's Johnny Max Utah. Max Payne would have been he's better. Johnny if Mnemonic. Keanu Reeves played Max Payne. I just want to point mm. that out, dude. And how many? If you're a movie star. How many fucking Johns do you have to play? Johnny Mnemonic, Johnny Utah, <laughs> John Wick, fucking John, like this. He's, so... he's like that guy who plays Hector in every movie. Right, right. It's fucking <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so as far as other things that we're thankful for in pop culture, I think one thing that I will say is I read a thread from Lon. I want Lon to be on later to talk more about this. But Lon was saying, Lon Harris, uh, uh, frequent, frequent contributor to all sorts of geek sites, um, friend of the show, has been on the show. Um, he tweeted something that basically said, we're acting as though the movie industry is experiencing a temporary lull and hasn't changed forever. And if we do think of movie theaters as something that have changed forever, their position in society, as far as the staple, has changed so if indeed that is the case, an acquiescence to that, we could maybe make movie theaters more interesting. Like, okay, you're not going to sell a billion fucking tickets, so maybe charge a, even a little more for them so that people can lay in a fucking bed or fucking eat some wings or whatever the fuck weird shit. Throw axes and then go to the John Wick movie where he's throwing axes at people's faces. Whatever the situation is, whatever 
peculiarity you're gonna add to your theater you know interactive guns that you shoot at the screen whatever the fuck mac and cheese and axes and guns and and escape room shit to get to see the movie whatever weird shit you could think of do that because this regular i'm gonna take 15 motherfuckers to the movie shit is over and i think i'm thankful for the idea of being shunted into my head because now i want to see these crazy movie theaters i want to see some crazy newfangled movie theaters where it's just like you like the theater experience you're gonna pay motherfuckers pay a thousand dollars to see some goddamn opera that shit is dead as dillinger so what they do you don't get no 50 dollar opera tickets three motherfuckers want to see it well they all gonna pay a thousand dollars god damn it (laughs) that's business i also think though that theaters are currently in a place similar to like where (laughs) theater Movie theaters are in a place where theater theaters were circa like the late 70s, early 80s. Right. Where they had been so supplanted by movie theaters that it was seen as almost an irrelevant art form, which allowed people to start taking some really crazy chances and big Mm. swings and just doing weird shit with the content. And now, you know, you see... Almost every year, there's some theater production that sweeps pop culture. And it's like, oh, my God, you got to buy the soundtrack. Like the most recent one was, I think, eight, the the, the musical about Henry VIII from mm-hmm. the perspective of his wives. Right. Mm-hmm. Which. Like that in and of itself in a post Hamilton world almost feels derivative but like we wouldn't be in this place where you know wicked has been running for 20 years and is sold mm-hmm. out in every city and shit like that happens if we didn't go through the period in the 80s where it was like oh theater's dead like mm-hmm. why even pay attention yeah and and I'll, I'll tell you one thing that I would like to add back in and that's uh video games and shit because uh one of my favorite things to do as a kid was me and my buddy Lance, we'd be like, we're going to go see this movie at 7 o'clock, and we'd get there at 3.30, and we'd pump quarters into mm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or one of the other video games or, you know, the, one of the shooter games or whatever the games we would be end up playing. We'd play Street Fighter against each other a bunch or, or, or whatever, and then we would go and watch the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, make a, uh, making it an yeah. event where you're you're going out and really having fun instead of mm-hmm. show up, get your snacks, get your slushy, get in the theater at your specific seat and then go home. Like making an event again. Well, if you think about it, in a lot of places movie theaters are the thing that are sustaining malls. Yep. Right? Yeah. And so like if you if you sort of invert your thinking and you're like, how can we essentially replace the mall experience with a movie theater? Then you start thinking about like, okay, think of a movie theater as more of an all-purpose entertainment zone. And it's like, include a theater, include a food court, include an arcade, include a sit-down restaurant. Like, can you just balloon the theater experience so like how can we just make this a place where people want to just hang out for half a day you know fucking Mm -hmm. essentially take all of the retail shopping out of a mall and then just condense everything into a theater experience i mean shit have a bookstore have a comic book store just like anything that attracts people to just like sit and hang put it all into one thing like if they started doing that that could be a really interesting experiment 
Yeah, Ar- Arc Light times arcade times. You know, like like Arc Arc. Arclight had like a bookstore and a souvenir place. Then yep. they had these rigid theater times and different elevators and escalators to get you up to your theater. And then they had people come out and artisanally tell you about the movie and shit and queue yeah. it up as though it was their own personal thing. There was these little touches that are very interesting. And then they and they bring you bring you a fucking gordita crunch or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? They they, they did, you know they did all that stuff, but it just it seemed like it didn't connect the way that we're talking about this thing but also and they, they definitely have arcades at movies these days but yeah they're mostly barren you know i mean most yeah. arcades it's i like see one, in movie theaters are barren one little uh air hockey table and one race car driver thing you know <laughs> yeah yeah it's that's like, a okay, classic thanks. combo <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i'm just gonna wild away the hours have, here thanks have bud. eight eight pinballs and a bunch of uh, classic arcades and some fuck make some new shit like dude why you not? know I was at a uh, fucking screening and I saw the dopest shit ever. It was like maybe at the sound place. I knew a guy who was like a sound guy and we went to a screening room in Burbank. That was like just dope ass theater. Long story boring. They had a fucking like Xbox at the time hooked up into the theater thing and you could play each other and your character was 80 stories high kicking fucking, you know, somebody in the mouth. Dude, charge motherfuckers, charge couples five dollars to go in there and play one goddamn game on that big ass screen. Yep. So you would clean up. You would Seriously. clean up. Honestly, man, like you think about the only thing that really gets people up off their asses and out of their houses is an outsized experience, right? Like there's just no way you can mimic this at home. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a I think that's a brilliant idea. It's like and why not? If you've already got a multiplex where there's 20 screens in it, yeah, set two of them aside and turn them into video game rooms. Like, that'd Dude, be dope. That'd be fucking ill. Seeing you, oh, you get, and fucking, like, just, dude, a giant Ryu punching some guy through the fucking ceiling. Yeah. Oh, great. And you, and you got rumble effects, and all, all the sound effects in the game are surround sound in the theater, so it's like, you're immersed in it. They're like you're having that fight, and you're you oh, know playing Final Fantasy. Are you kidding me? Oh my god! Well, I mean, I'm Final Fantasy is too long. We're we're fucking five dollars for roughly three minutes. That's what makes the business no. model viable. No, you can't just that. sit your ass in there with your giant sword and your spiky hair jacking off. You can't you can't do that. I'm not gonna Ron. jack off. Jesus <laughs> Christ! But, but, <laughs> <laughs> you look like how I do it so seriously. I, Jesus, I did, I'm gonna just jerk off and following. I did it before I left. Right, but you know what the funny thing is, Ed? You know what the funny thing is, Ed? <laughs> what? You know what the other thing I'm really thankful for is the tons of content that there is on my TV, so I don't have to leave my house. <laughs> <laughs> I got video games at home, but if I get real close to the screen, it seems really it looks big. big. It looks big. <laughs> I got a 55-inch. I'm okay. It's fine. <laughs> Not that we're in a television measuring contest. But there's a lot of good content. I, I'm really enjoying – I've been really enjoying Rings of Power. That was a, It's a great show. I'm curious to see where it's all going to go. And, uh, and Oh, my so God. I would love to see that on a giant fucking screen. Are you kidding me? Like, I would – Oh, interesting. Like, what? What? Like, eight – I would say, me personally, I'm trying to give the fans a break. Twelve ninety nine. You can come watch the first episode of Rings of Power on my big ass screen. Twelve ninety nine. It's less than the fourteen dollars that it is in L A. Twelve ninety nine. You know I what mean, I mean? 
it's a fun idea though to just do like binge watches at a movie theater. Yeah, and it's fuck like, yeah. You know 50 what I mean? Bucks, and, you watch all eight episodes. Yeah, I think you could do less, right? Like you just charge it because at a certain point it's on you, and it's like, yeah, you know, if you if you want to eat in there, we'll sell you food, and like we'll take intermissions between the episodes so you can go and use the bathroom. But it's mm-hmm. like just make it a really bespoke experience. Yeah, dude, I, I'd fucking I'd fucking love that, dude. Uh, there, there was this theater in some fucking foreign country where people, I don't know, not all, some foreign country where people wash their fucking asses and care about themselves. They had this theater where there was a fucking, um, uh, so not America bed. It, it, you could get theater, you could get the theater experience with a two person bed in there. So you could just sit with your lady in the bed and watch a movie. And I guess they would swap out the sheets and stuff between the throwings, whatever the fuck. But the bottom line is, you could to. get this sort of comb experience in there but that's the just the joke right it's like we would never we would never be able to handle that much freedom you know what i'm saying there would be definitely you know would it be like that triple travis bickle scene where he's like some days i wipe up the back seat i wipe off the blood sometimes no, he said sometimes i wipe off the jizz sometimes i wipe off the blood you know what i mean oh that's the gosh. experience of working in that theater in america so it is what it is we'll never get that but like something approximating that yeah the more i went to one with this my girl's in here. This old chick I used to bang way as you go to this one theater. They had like these like super chill, like almost like when you go into the offices at Google and there ain't nothing proper to sit on. There's like a exercise ball and a goddamn Lego throne and a goddamn panda <laughs> beanbag chair. You're like, bitch, can I sit on something proper in this motherfucker? <laughs> so it was kind of like that, but like a movie theater. And it was kind of cool, actually. It had a homey, you know, feel to it. So you know I can makes me think of you know what the uh, at the standard hotel in downtown LA they've got that really sweet sort of rooftop pool with a lot of like beds and nooks and oh, crannies yeah, yeah. to sit mm-hmm. and then they also have like a competitive ping pong room down near the first floor mm-hmm. and I'm just thinking like why wouldn't a place like that or like at LA Live or something why don't you just you make a hotel that has kick ass movie theater kick ass restaurants Ping pong, comic book store, axe throwing, axe throwing, throwing. gun range. Let's make this dangerous. (laughs) No, but like, but honestly, like, oh, that's interesting. And you could, you could do stuff like, like charge for specific things. So, like, you want the whole experience? It's five hundred a night. Whatever. I'm just making up a number, and you get to go to every single thing unlimited for whatever you want yeah. to do you know what it's right, like you don't lines. you don't have to stay there but i'm just thinking like what are what are these profit centers that you just combine into one really kick-ass experience and mm-hmm. you're joking about the axe throwing but like i went to this axe throwing bar in koreatown that was such a cool experience and mm-hmm. like if you could tell me that i could go see a movie come out of the movie get some really good food and then pop over and start throwing axes like i'd spend eight hours way yeah so it's yeah. just a matter of like how do you put it all together yeah um, dude no, i agree i definitely be agree. interesting uh creative and have a billion dollars so <laughs> no one has ever happen. done all of those right. at the same time <laughs> as proven by the failure of twitter that's, that's and the I'm cheaply saying. made teslas <laughs> that are rolling out with the fucking holes in the gutters between the fucking windshield Dude, have you seen those videos of like car de- car detailers showing you exactly how fucked up a lot of Teslas are coming off the line? They're like coming off the line, fucked up, not assembled properly. 
Yeah, and these are people who detail cars, so they know what the where the moldings are supposed to go. Blah blah. It's not like they're, it's beyond them. I will say this though, my buddy, you know, Rich, Rich yeah. came and he he ordered. Uh, first of all, he was like, "Yo, man, let me. Uh, I'll get an Uber down to the comedy store, and then you get Uber down there, and then we can get our Ubers back home." And I'm just like, "Don't you have a fucking expense account?" <laughs> yeah. Well, then we can fucking arrange all this on the goddamn Uber shit. And I don't have to pay for shit. I'm not doing that when you have access to this corporate power. What am I, some kind of idiot? So, like, <laughs> I showed him I showed him how to add a stop on the fucking Uber app. And he goes, okay, fuck it. So he orders us a goddamn Tesla Uber duper black. I don't know. Super black. You know what I'm saying? And I tried to open the door. And it was beyond me because it was too ergonomic and simple. <laughs> I was like, you know, because it doesn't stick out. You have to like push it in and then pop it. I did. It was so terrible. And then I tried to close. I tried to close it. And then my fa- like the seats. I gotta say, the back seats of this shit. You couldn't fuck anybody in the back seat of this particular Tesla. And it wasn't a big fresh model, but it was so little in there. I slammed the door, and my jacket got caught in the door. And they go, "Oh, you got to open it back up." And then close it. And I'm like, okay. And I'm looking at the door handle and it's just a space machine. Like it doesn't have an actual <laughs> like regular door handle. Like it had like a push button. Like you had to grab a joystick and push a button for the door to pop open. Like a like a like a missile, like shooting a missile in top gun. That's what I had to do to open the door. And I was just like, it was so beyond me. I was just like, wow. You're a real caveman, dude. You need to get some fucking money <laughs> so you don't look like such a fucking rube when people pick you up in these spaceships. You know okay. what I mean? Because like, but you know what? At the same time, you know another thing I'm thankful for, Ed. Just Elon what? Musk failing at something. <laughs> Honestly, it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. All these dudes <laughs> sucking his dick for the last however many long years, <laughs> and you just go, he's just been lucky with money, motherfuckers. That's it. He hasn't you know, done anything. He didn't invent will, the car. He didn't do nothing. I will give him I will give him credit. I think SpaceX is a really interesting company and I think yeah. that he has a really solid understanding of like making products. Um none of which has anything to do with the absolute clusterfuck that is Twitter and my only fear is that he actually salvages it in some way. Like, I just don't want oh, that to happen. I literally oh. want it to fucking crash and burn spectacularly. But here's the and thing. The, the problem, well, just to Go finish, ahead. the problem yeah. with anybody with that much money is you can kind of insulate yourself by just throwing money at the problem. Mm-hmm. And that's what I just, I don't want that to happen. Well, look, the experts who who are, because this is the thing. And look, all you people who are super into free speech, I get it. I'm a comedian. I, I like free speech. I I, I I get it. But that's not what Twitter's for. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's content moderation. That's their job. That's literally what Twitter does is content moderation. Because if they don't, they can't advertise and they can't have a business. Because right, right now, you know, uh, like Chevy SUVs are being – advertised right under porn because they're not removing porn from Twitter anymore. And so literally it's some lady being jammed right under <laughs> someone trying to sell an SUV to a family. Like a rock. That's what my <laughs> take is right now. Like I mean, a rock. Some products <laughs> that way. 
So I'm throwing I, it down. The only rock. way that he's gonna fix this is if he takes back everything that he has said he is stand for and go goes back to moderating the content. That's the only way he will fix it. And that or, but he's but, not gonna do it because he'll lose either tries, way. Or he makes it some sort of a tiered subscription service, which you know he just keeps throwing different ideas out for that. But like I could see a world where you know, he's charging the New York Times and the Washington Post and all these news outlets some sort of subscription fee to carry their content, but then they get, you know, placement, like some sort of preferred placement. It's like you can create money-making schemes with the users. I don't know how sustainable it becomes, but again, it prevents it from crashing and burning completely. And I just think that, like, I want to see the customer base, the consumer base, the users turn viciously enough that it just becomes unsustainable. And I'm just not sure if that's going to happen or not. Uh, it's it's definitely not. not sure and that's yet. why it's going to survive. And that's why I don't anyway. The, I, and I've, I've been hesitant to bring this up with this whole time. We have, I, I listened to one of our old episodes and we were talking about Elon Musk being like kind of okay, sort of innocuous, but Man, Nazis love this motherfucker, dog. They yeah. fucking love them. And I'm sorry, bro. If you're attracting Nazis, that's bad. And it and it's got it's something on you. Nazis don't like me, motherfucker. Nope. Ain't no goddamn Nazis out there subscribing to the greatest pod because of our content. Yeah. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. So that that's the part that fucks me up about yeah. this whole he's sort of innocuous. That shit sound awful familiar. And I ain't talking yep. about the goddamn 40s. I'm talking mm -hmm. about everything. That shit sounds familiar. We, we buy it over and over again. The sort of innocuous shell behind for the fourteen words and the eighty-eight, the eighty-eights, and all this kind of shit. We it always comes to this innocuous package. We keep getting blown up by IEDs that look like soccer balls. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's also part of this weird American attraction to power. Whereas, like you know, it, it's the whole thing where he's so rich, he must be a genius. And it's like the people, the people who are that problematic aren't responding to the fact that he's really smart. They're responding to the fact that he's been able to accumulate more power than the government. And it's like, fuck, yeah. Mm. You know, and it, I, I don't know what to do about that. You know, yeah. there's nothing you can do, really, other than just call it out. So let's call uh, it out. I yeah, and I will say this. If you want to see something pretty entertaining, I, and I learned a little bit about Elon Musk that I hadn't known at first, um, because I thought that he was like intimately involved in making some of this stuff. Um, and it turns out that he really wasn't. He basically stole Tesla for some other guy, the car itself, like the electric car. He stole it from some other dude uh, by using money that he got from his family who did it by, if you know this already, you probably do, uh, uh, emeralds. And uh, basically using uh, slave labor, basically, uh, to to become uh, multimillionaires than to become billionaires. And it's like it, it, he's not and he's just lucky. He's not that smart. If you really look at go watch Adam Conover's um, video on it. I wouldn't normally say watch something else. But you know what? Watch Adam Conover's <laughs> video on on uh, on Elon Musk. It's pretty interesting. And, honestly and rich people in general. We're, yeah, and that's what I was gonna say. But I, I think that is the kind of thing that, um, as we as we round out here, <laughs> I'm thankful that we're trying. Yes. To get, I think I'm grateful that we're trying to get intelligent enough about the information we're we're um, presented with. 
to have these deeper conversations other than, hey, Rich, he might be right. The fact that we're still having that conversation right now, I'm not thankful for that. And I don't want to end on a downer, but like I just I'm thankful that maybe there's more of these people on on YouTube. There's more if there's one thing that everybody having a dumbass opinion has done and everybody not having to be certified as a journalist and oh go to Brown and Dartmouth and write my articles. Now that we've kind of killed that culture and every fucking asshole with a camera is a reporter, that has fucked the news, but it has also decided that certain things are worth reporting on now that other elites back in the uh, random Hearst days and shit weren't going to fucking report. They were going to report what the rich guys and the, and the people, they were going to shill for the rich all the time. You're not going to get a crossword about, about the dude who owns Amazon from the, from the paper that he owns. You dig? So this democratization of so-called journalism has had deleterious effects and some good ones, but if we get our media from different sources and we can double check people and snopes them, and if a YouTuber breaks down better than the news why Elon sucks, that should tell you something. Especially if you check his facts and he's actually correct. You're just like, so anybody with the will and the skill can find out this stuff, but you're not going to find it out on CNN even. The so-called yeah. liberal station CNN or the so-called neoliberal yeah. station CNN, the so-called super liberal station MSNBC they never tell you Elon is 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 not. The, they treat him as a tech baron who's awesome because of how mm. money he ha- how much money he has. There's no money in debunking the cult of personality around a guy like this. There's no money in that. They could do it anytime they want to. They could do an expose about this fool and have people like we like us a little bit who are talking about him as a kind of a low key genius earlier, and then kind of you find out more facts and you go, yep. wow. They could do that. The news could do that, but it won't. It will never do that because it is not in their best interest. No. And that's why I'm thankful for John Oliver. Um, (laughs) I really am, by the way. I'll co-sign that. John Oliver's show is fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. He talks – he does better reporting (laughs) than almost any news like place out there. And his his team is superb too. His team is like greater than – um, greater than Daily Show level writers and just squads of them. That's yeah. what his show is. Yeah, it's wonderful. So that's my that's my that's my other pop culture thankful. How about that? I could jump on that and just also recommend if you guys haven't checked out Jordan Klepper Fingers the Conspiracy. Oh, oh. which is a it's a podcast. So Jordan Klepper's been a Daily Show correspondent forever, and he's yeah. been the guy that goes out and like hoists people at Trump rallies by their own petards, like ask some Mm -hmm. very simple questions and then they just give the most ludicrous answers. So he's a guy that I have great respect for coming from that sort of satirical news background, but he's now doing a long form podcast where he interviews experts that deep dives into conspiracy theories. And I love me some conspiracy debunking. And this is like, you know, we're obviously as a culture past the point where we need to debunk ufos and bigfoot and now there's conspiracy theories that are like getting people killed in mass shootings and those deserve our attention and he's giving it all the attention it deserves and it's really well done they've they've only done a few episodes so far it's a very new thing but jordan klepper fingers the conspiracy really worth your time i'm into it i'm gonna, I'm gonna put yeah. that on well i think uh in closing uh the things that we should i, I think yeah the the 
the greater than normal knowledge that we're starting to have about some of these things so we can make smart opinions. Uh, we also talked about the iterative uh, nature of comic books and stuff. The characters get better and better. Kang isn't just, I will rule the world from the future, you fools. He's like yeah. a guy talking about the ennui of immortals. Uh, it, this whole thing's been a ramble, so let's keep, let's do a little ramble at the end here. I saw a Twitter thread, ironically, about immortal characters being treated like petulant teenagers. Like they just sort of like, I'm immortal. I do what I want. I've been alive for 300 years or 500 years. I'm a fucking total asshole. And it's like, that's not realistic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if you have that made that much time to develop, you could go insane. You could be very eccentric. You could uh, get bored. Like, you could well, you're definitely going to get bored, but I'm saying that's what that's what drives you insane and yeah. makes you eccentric. Besides losing all your loves over and over again, imagine if John Wick was a thousand years old. How fucking crazy he'd be losing these bitches to various cancers and bears and shit throughout the millennia. You know what I mean? He'd be a fucking psycho. So, uh, how many puppies? How many puppies do you lose when you live a thousand years? That's got to fuck your brain up. You know what I mean? So it's like I I just think. Um, one of the great things about Twitter, since we're ending on that for some weird reason, Twitter was part of the democratization of news. Never forget that we got a lot of the shit from like some of the revolutions in Egypt and shit like that through Twitter. The news was using tweets to tell us about what was happening on the ground. And so I just think the fact that we have a dude who Nazis celebrate in control of something like that is bad. And I think if indeed um, he mismanages it enough to pawn it off on somebody else, I just hope it just survives in some sort of utility. Mm. And I, I'm I'm happy that it it does exist. Honestly, the, as much as it's as much discord and weirdness as it is strewn, as much as the algorithms divide us, sometimes I'll go on there and I'll I'll see a guy get his ass whooped in a street fight. Then I'll watch a really funny video about a duck. Then I'll find out the duck is racist, as they say, <laughs> you know, and so on and so <laughs> forth. You know what I mean? Like, but th- there's just something magical about this continuous stream of people's thoughts and and their perf- them being a performer and you being a performer. And we're all on this giant stage of scrolling and we we moderate our feeds by who we want to see more. And sometimes, yeah, there'll be a chicken railed and then there'll be like a rock. You know, I mean, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> Part of me thinks that that's fucking great. A part of me thinks a website that it is that would be fucking great. But so it's like it's 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 kind of um, a treatise on like free speech. How how much how much do people actually value it, or how much do they value being able to say what they want to say? Like people can say well, they love free speech, but they mostly just want to say what they want to say. Yep, right. They, and and they don't want to hear what you have to say. By the way, right. I think there's a huge correlation though between the effectiveness of a free speech platform and the decentralization of its leadership Mm. like i don't i don't think it makes any sense to have a so-called free speech platform run by a single dude like Mm. that's nonsense reddit reddit already exists on the internet and like it or not reddit has kind of cracked the code it's like every topic has its own team of self-imposed moderators. And if you don't like those moderators, you go and you create another space. Like Mm -hmm. that's kind of the only way to run a true free speech platform. Otherwise, I don't know, even if he's not doing anything that you can count as like outwardly malicious on a day to day, the opportunity for 
steering conversations and selectively, you know, honestly, it's a little bit of a circular argument because I don't know that there's a huge effective difference between a single person running Twitter or an algorithm running Twitter. (laughs) Because at the end of the day, it's like, all they're going to do is weed out the things that they don't think is effective for keeping you on Twitter. Yep. Um, And Uh, that's, I don't know. My hope for this, by the way, my hope for this is that it just breeds more competition in that space because having one platform that does Twitter and one platform that does Instagram and one platform that does TikTok and one platform that does Facebook and there's no other things that are competitive with those things is terrible Yeah, because if you don't have competition, this is the one thing where capitalism gets it right. When capitalism is correct is if there's a ton of competition in those areas, you have to make it as good as possible for your consumers because there's going to be competition for those consumers. So like in theory, at least obviously Hmm. it, it, you know, nothing's perfect in those situations. I still think it would be better if there were multiple platforms where people could talk about this stuff and, and, and really, really do it. But that'll, I mean, I doubt that'll ever happen, but. You know. Well, funnily enough, that's where the government has completely dropped their the ball because, yep. mm. unfortunately, capitalism creates mon- monopolies. Like yes. unchecked yep. capitalism creates monopolies. And so the yep. entire role of having a government that can intervene in the economy is to do things like preserve competition. And, and the fact have. that the, the government has been so hands off on anything having to do with Silicon Valley is kind of unconscionable at this point. Yep. So uh, yeah, maybe well, that I, will change. Maybe it won't. I don't know. Well, I, I, in regards to us talking about being thankful for media literacy, you, something you brought into my lexicon as well, Bill, was um, um, corporatism. I think mm-hmm. that's what's that's what's sad. Like capitalism posits a world where people can compete. Corporatism posits a world where it isn't it isn't it isn't about competing. It's about dominating and 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 acquiring yeah. and well, cor- growing every single quarter right. by any means cor- necessary corporatism is essentially the end game of the idea of using capital to buy power because capitalism does not necessarily demand that, right? Like you can create Mm -hmm. a political and economic system where capital can make you money, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it can also make you power. Mm -hmm. Corporatism is where you erase the line between those two things. Exactly. Money just becomes political power. And uh, thank exactly. you, Supreme Court, for doing yeah. that. By the way, nice job. <laughs> um, uh, they're gonna Hive Social is gonna get so much better than Twitter, bro. And then Twitter's gonna buy Hive Social. It's like, welcome to the Twitter Hive, baby. Extreme. Then the Monster oh, Energy Jesus. logo is gonna come up like that cock that that, <laughs> that, Ron, that Ron was talking about earlier. <laughs> the Monster Energy can is gonna pop up, and go into a turducken and explode. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sounds like, about right. Sounds about right, Ed. <laughs> Yeah. Um, let me let me do let me do end on a positive note for things that I am thankful for, and it's just going to be real basic. I am thankful for Marvel movies. I'm just going to say it. I am so thankful for enjoying this awesome this time period in our existence where I get to watch the comic books that I've read be put on the screen in an interesting, beautiful way, and I am unbelievably thankful for that. Just to just to talk about that and and end it out. On, on a on a positive note, I have been loving 
going to the movies and seeing Spider-Man and Shang-Chi. And now I'm going to get to eventually see the Fantastic Four again. And it's probably going to be better. And I'm just excited, excited <laughs> that I get to do that because it was not an option really when I was young. It was also not only not an option, but looked at as like, what the, f why would we put this out? This is for children. You know what I mean? So I'm excited about that existing in our world. So there, there you go. We somehow got the world we always dreamed of. Yeah. Weirdly. Yeah. This is a good thing to end on because bro, I'm not going to mention some flame wars I've gotten into with some shitheads about different stuff from Marvel, but we come back to this point and I feel like fucking Quint that I'm dragging my fucking fingers down the fucking chalkboard again. And I've, and I've somehow silently drawn a shark biting a little person <laughs> somehow silently in the meeting i've drawn this shark and chalk um but then i i choose to make noise and scrape my shit down the uh the thing to get the the people in amity to listen to me dude marvel is 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 a disney company you're never gonna get your tragic you know karen page has aids stories yeah. from disney you're never gonna get it and if you're yearning for that, you're fucked in your head. Okay. Not, I'm not saying you liking those is bad. I'm saying that type of shit is not going to ever happen now. So, so just stop it. And last things last, it's not going to be your favorite guys because they're actors and they age out and they die and they become whack or uncastable or they like sexually assault chicks or they don't want to take the vaccine or whatever the fuck. Something's <laughs> going to happen to everybody you cast in these movies to make us have to have new people. So just get used to them making Wonder Man black and Scarlet Witch is going to be a big dick guy. Just whatever the fuck is going to happen and just shut your fucking mouth and know your role because you're there to consume. And if you don't want to consume, take your bitch ass elsewhere and leave the people who like this shit the fuck alone. Because we are in our own tribes. We do say, well, Miss Marvel isn't as good and my, Moon Knight isn't as good, but my personal favorite is what the whole point is they done laid out this charcuterie board of all these fucking characters for you to pick and choose. You don't have to like all of it, you fucking dullards. I'm so tired of people being so sad that one Marvel thing let them down. Two in a row let me down. I went to Wakanda with my spear held high. You dig? <laughs> <clears throat> the two of them in a row. Suck dick. They were execrable. I almost fell asleep in Thor. But it doesn't make me have any less enthusiasm about some of these other things. Yeah. Because I know they're each their own thing with different creative teams and stuff. And it's just like, we've got the world we always wanted. And we instantly shit on it. It makes you think of that Agent Smith, right? This is us. We're, we're, I think we're in the Matrix. We got mm. the world where Marvel movies are the most popular thing in the world. And people take comic books seriously. And we're at each other's throats in a fake culture war about woke this and blah, blah, blah. Watch the fucking screen. Your dreams are up there. And we're having a woke cotton woke battle in a weird, dumb culture war. It's going to sound so stupid in 10 years. We're going to sound like such idiots in 10 so. years fighting over this shit. That's I, I, I'm thankful that I'm not one of those people, or at least I don't think I am. Well, you're not someone who can't enjoy something because there's a woman in it. So I like that. <laughs> about you huge fan of that i know whatever believe you know what women can't fight anyways what the fuck even now i'll go fight ronda rousey right now even 
you're probably bigger than her, outweigh her, and she'll fucking murder you. Dude, you know what I know that she'll murder you. You know what? Linda, who will kick your fucking head off. Oh, Linda, Linda Linda will. Yeah, Yeah. no, Linda will kick you in their face. But dude, what I was, one thing I was gonna say though, honestly, bro, and I gotta, I just have to say this because I am so right wing, and I say that, and I'm not, but it's so funny. Sometimes I think really right wing thoughts. I wish some of these guys who are so mad about Gina Carano's comments would just go try to fight her. Just run up, (laughs) just go fight her. Fight her about it and see how that goes for you. I would love yeah. to. See, I hate Gina Carano's I, fucking political views, yeah. but I would love to see her with a perfect Muay Thai hands <laughs> laced around some milk toast soy boy's <laughs> fucking neck and just throwing knees to his face. I would pay money to see that. I'd go. I'd go see one of your Christian movies, and if, if that was the ticket to see that, I'm sorry. I, I, maybe I just love violence, but nah. But it. it I just wish we would stop. People I are wish- so confused about Ed's political views right now. <laughs> yeah, their heads are exploding. Dude, I love to throw one of those out there. You know what I mean? Because that's another thing. Last things last. The algorithm of Twitter tries to divide people into these neat little segments of time. Like, I like to say what I want. I like guns. And don't take my taxes for the $3 I make off this shit. Fuck you. That makes me a Republican in certain circles, but uh, they would like hate me or Herschel Walker me, <laughs> like lobotomize <laughs> me and make me a political prop. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that. There's all these different bedfellows, so it's like there's different people aren't one thing or another thing. And I just, I, I am thankful that I think some people are waking up that there's all these different layers, but yeah. by no means are all people because of the fact that we talked about Twitter for 20 minutes. I think because its algorithm is in our minds outside of the machine. We're still trying to define ourselves by whether we like Elon or not. This or that. This or that. This or that. Like that that, that hip-hop song. Who's a black sheep? You know what I mean? This or that. It isn't this or that. Motherfucker. There's not two choices in anything. Politics, comic book companies, uh, Thanksgiving sides. There isn't turkey and ham. Bitch, there's lasagna. It's right there. Eat some Love fucking las- eat some lasagna Shit, instead. Make a pheasant instead of a turkey. I don't fucking care. Cornish hens, bitch, they're the size yeah. of baseballs. They're delicious. <laughs> so yeah, so that's 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 the politics of this show. Eat lasagna for Thanksgiving. Believe what you want to believe and do what you want to do. And what you might want to do is leave us a five star review on this fucking podcast. They have a, a feature to do it on Spotify and they have a feature to do it on Apple Podcasts. And also, if you want to support us monetarily, you can get on our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash the greatest pod. We have even more weird and in-depth conversations on there, if you can imagine. Patreon.com slash the greatest pod. Did you guys see we actually do have a new review on Apple Podcasts? No. Oh, shit. I didn't see that. Oh. So this is from Tyler Durden Soap who I believe is a longtime <laughs> listener. Uh, I, I've seen that name pop up in other places, and he does say um, he is a big fan. So, five-star review titled, Jeez Louise, this podcast is the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> and if you really, just Tyler Durden, let me say, if you really wanted to play inside baseball, you would have spelled it Jeez Lewis, because that <laughs> is the real Ed Greer rip right there. <laughs> If you have never listened to this podcast, or you are a listener who doesn't get the Patreon feed, please, 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 in all caps, number one, subscribe to get the bonus pods. Number two, listen to bonus episode about the greatest animals. Number three, (laughs) listen to the episode, 
probably two to three weeks after the Namor episode, where Ed, Ron, and Bill will read this review and explain the true nightmare that Wakanda Forever has alluded to. Dot, dot, dot. The idea of so many killer whales undertrained by an underwater pro-war society. <laughs> Dude, I, I, when you're right, you're right. Is all, is all I'm oh, saying. 100%. <laughs> when, when you're fucking right, you're fucking right. Um, thank you so much, obviously, for being a longtime listener and, and getting our little patois down. Thank you so much for acknowledging the the beautiful power of uh, the, the Patreon, because honestly, we get loose on there. Like these episodes, there's very few regular feed episodes that are kind of like this one on the Patreon. They're all, <laughs> they're all nuts. Even when they're themed, like the animal one, we really got to get into each other's minds and psychology. And I think that's part of being, you know, um, a supporter of somebody is like knowing where they're knowing different aspects of their mind. Like, oh, like everybody's mind is a cave you can explore and you kind of wave your flashlight around and you illuminate certain aspects of it. I didn't see that stalactite up there. I know that you listener have had the conversation with some toddler around your Thanksgiving table about what the greatest animal is. And so rather than just relegate that conversation to you and five-year-olds, get us involved with our Patreon episode about it. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Hey, and see, we're way smarter than five-year-olds. We like, we talk about animals on a 10th grade level. 100%. So. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, listen to our voices episode. It's hilarious, and you get to hear the uh, the origin of not wang. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> not wang. So thank you guys so much for supporting our show and listening to another thankful episode of the greatest apa. Gobble gobble. <laughs>